Well, it's that time of the week now where we're joined by 10 football commentator Phil Moss to talk about the upcoming weekend of the A-League. But there has been some major news off the field and we'll get Phil's take on all of that plus a lot more. Morning to you, Phil. G'day, Ethan. Thanks for having me along. No worries. Absolute pleasure to have you on, Phil. As I did say, there's been a lot of news off the field. Sydney FC, they've announced they've got a new coach, Effect Hele has been announced as the new coach only a day or two after Sydney FC announced that their old coach would be departing. What's your thoughts on Sydney FC's new coach? Yeah, well, first of all, let's not brush past a a tribute to Steve Corica because Mm -hmm. 19 years at the one club um, from day one, what he achieved as a player, um, as a youth coach, uh, an assistant coach and then head coach, um, is unprecedented really in the A-League era. So, um, you know, fantastic career at Sydney. Um, he did a brilliant job taking over from Arnie. I, I was uh, working there with him, um, so I, I know how hard he worked to earn his stripes and get the uh, get the top gig. And um, and I think he did brilliantly. The, the number of uh, championships, premierships, and of course the Australia Cup um, was nothing less than he deserved. Um, so credit to Stevie. Um, and I think Sydney FC handled it really well. I thought they handled it with class, given that. You know, he is, he is Mr. Sydney FC, um, so it was always going to be a very delicate situation, but I think the club and Stevie handled it really uh, with a lot of class. So, yeah, congrats to them on that front. Um, Uffi Talley uh, replaced me, actually. I was Stevie's assistant when I left to go to the corporate world, and Uffi came in as the assistant coach to Stevie, left after a and, and the rest is history. He had a fantastic stint at Wellington for four years, had to navigate... Um, COVID and uh, lockdowns and, you know, the team being uh, stuck here in Australia uh, rather than being able to go back to Wellington um, and got some great results. I think it was three out of four years in the finals. Um, he's proven himself as a, as a manager of the highest class, um, spent some time with Graham Arnold in the, the Socceroos as his second assistant over the last few months, including England at Wembley. Um, so he's got all the all, all the right attributes. He's done his apprenticeship, and um, I think he's a great signing for Sydney FC. He played there. He understands the club, the DNA, um, the expectations at that club. So uh, you know, I think Sydney FC fans can be uh, pretty pleased with the uh, with the appointment. As you said, he's no stranger to Sydney FC, having played there and been an assistant before. And what can Sydney FC fans expect him to bring into the new role? Well, first, firstly, um, you know, he's a, he's a leader. Uh, he's a born leader, Uffie, and, um, you know, so strong leadership, uh, a proactive, um, you know, energetic style of football. I think everyone enjoyed watching Wellington when he was the coach there because, you know, they, they went forward, they went forward with energy, he had pace in the right areas, experience, gave kids a chance uh, when, the, when the time was right. So, you know, he's a very well-balanced balanced, uh, coach if you, if you look at the... The coaching pizza of um, you know technical, tactical, physical, mental. Um, his slices of that pizza are pretty evenly cut. So uh, yeah, I think Sydney FC fans will be happy with what they see once once he gets his DNA into the into the football team. Because obviously three games, three losses, zero goals to mm. start the season. It's not where they want to be. So he's got uh, you know a lot of hard work ahead just to uh, get his DNA on the team. You said they've got Adelaide United coming up this week. What can you expect from them? How do you think that game will map out? Well, you know, it doesn't get easier, does it? When when you're zero from three and then you've got to go to Adelaide away, uh, new manager who's only had two two days with the the team, um, you know, that's that's a tall order. So, and and Adelaide are flying, um, Mm. playing some great football, 
um, under Calvert, um, you know, producing kids. It was a huge uh, original derby last week. Um, obviously, a lot of controversy. They'll be without Aaron Kunda after that red card. Um, so, yeah, Sydney FC with every chance of going there and, and causing an upset. But given current form, it would be an upset. Mm, certainly would be. What would a manager do with... He's only got... He's, as you said, he's only had two days with the side before they play. So what would those two days be look like? I can imagine you'd just be getting to know the players, but there wouldn't be any real tactical changes, would there? Um, who knows? I mean, Uffie may think that it's, you know, it's worth a real shake-up because of how the first three games have gone. So, you know, I guess that's the danger for Adelaide is they really won't know what to expect. And, you know, how often do we see it when a new manager takes over and, and the first result's very good um, because there's an extra spring in the step. There's a clean clean slate for the players. Um, manager wants to prove himself straight away. So, yeah, who knows what we'll see. But I think the first two days, you know, with Ilfie on the training pitch at Sydney would have been all about his principles, you know, getting his principles down firmly on the table to the players. This is, this is what we stand for. This is what we want to look like as a team every time we run out. Um, and how quickly you can instill those principles is is the art of leadership and coaching, of course, but that's, I would imagine they would have been the early um, couple of days. And, and then also looking at Adelaide and where, where Uffie thinks that uh, Sydney will be able to break them down. And, you know, we all know their threats, um, Adelaide possessed, but it's, it's picking apart maybe a few weaknesses where Sydney could exploit. Uh, today, Phil, we've got an exciting clash between Melbourne Victory and Wellington Phoenix. It, Phoenix, it's second versus third on the table. What, it's going to be one of the more exciting games. How are you expecting this one to play? Oh, this will be a ripper. I, I can't wait for this one tonight. Um, Tony Popovich has you know, worked very hard in the off-season, very quietly as well. We didn't hear of a peep out of Melbourne Victory during pre-season. Um, so it was clearly a strategy to just do all the work behind closed doors and, and let their football do the talking. And boy, oh boy, that certainly happened over the first uh, three rounds. They've been very good victory, very easy on the eye. Um, and uh, from a Wellington perspective, everyone was tipping them for the wooden spoon um, under new coach uh, Giancarlo Italiano, uh, who took over from Wolfric Talley. Um, but I tell you, they're, they're riding high. You know, they... Uh, they put Brisbane to the sword last week, 5-2 at home, and Brisbane going into that game were flying. They were they were doing great, and Wellington swatted them aside like a, a like a struggling fly. So, I think tonight's game's got all the hallmarks of a, a an absolute ripper. Wellington won't take a backwards uh, step at, at at victory, um, and victory will be really keen to win because they're at home, of course. So, mm. yeah, I, I, it's must see TV tonight. Newcastle Jets, they'll be hunting for their first win tomorrow against Western United. Do you think they're a chance in that game? Yeah, absolutely. I think Rob Stanton's done a great job so far. I know the results maybe haven't been there to show for it, but um, there's a lot of fight in their team. Um, you know, they, No matter what the score is in games, they don't go missing. Um, so he's obviously instilled um, some great stuff into them during pre-season. Um, Western... Um, you know, been up and down um, the way they've started the season, but uh, I, I think this one's uh, this one's at, at home. Just correct me, Ethan. Is this one Western United's home yes, game it or is. Newcastle? Uh, Western United's Western, home yeah. game. Yes, so tough place to go. But um, as I said, Newcastle went to Perth a couple of weeks ago. You remember and, and grabbed a late equaliser. So. Mm. 
you know, they're capable of causing the upset, but I think Western would go in as favourites at home. Perth Glory, they play Western Sydney Wanderers. Perth Glory, they had their first win of the season just last week. Now that you think that they've sort of found their feet, can we see them get two from two? Um, yes. Y- y- yes, I-, I hesitate because I think Western Sydney Wanderers will be too strong um, mm. for them, but um, not not by a long shot. You know, Stadge has come into Perth and uh, you know he's, he's slowly but surely putting his stamp on on the team um, and, and they'll find their feet as the season goes but Perth are coming you know they, they showed some more competitiveness last season of course in different spits and spurts but the whole ownership thing needed to be sorted out that is new, new coach now um, so I think they'll find their feet as the season goes but um, I'm not sure they'll get over Western Sydney Wanderers MacArthur, they're going well. They've won their last two in a row and they'll be playing Melbourne City, who've only won one of their first three. Can you expect MacArthur to go three from three in this one? Uh, they've been very good. Mille Stojowski's done a fantastic job. First full pre-season, you remember he took over from Dwight York, obviously, uh, mid-season. Um, but having the chance to work with the players on the training pitch pre-season has paid off because... They've been very good to start the season. I, I think they can get the win in this one. I, I really do. Uh, they're playing a good brand of football. Um, Millet's got the right balance between youth and experience there. Uh, very good goalkeeper in Curto. So, yeah, I, I think they can go on and get the win. And then the final game of the round, we'll see the Central Coast Mariners playing the Brisbane uh, Raw. Uh, they are the Central Coast Mariners. They're looking for their first win of the season. Uh, do you think it'll be a tough opponent for the Central Coast Mariners in the Brisbane Raw? Very, very tough. Uh, beware the wounded beast, they say. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, Brisbane coming off that thrashing over in Wellington last weekend. Ross Alawissi not happy at all. Um, you can bet that he, he laid down the the, uh, the the law this week at training and, and Brisbane will be fired up. Mariners um, struggling, struggling to get off the mark, uh, defending that grand final title win obviously new coach a lot of new players uh, they've uh, they're traveling back from bali um they, they played bali united midweek and just got the win there uh 2-1 I, I can't honestly say they deserved the win i thought bali were good value um watching the the game um but they got the three points the mariners they found a way to win which is great obviously but the travel midweek travel against a fresh Brisbane Raw will be tough i, I think brisbane might get the uh, get the points um up there at gosford and i'm Looking forward to calling that one for Paramount Plus on Sunday uh, Sunday night. That no, certainly will be a good one. One final one, Phil, before we do let you go. There was a new pay deal announced with the Matildas and Socceroos. They'll be paid equally. Uh, what's your first thoughts on that? It's obviously the first you know, major sport to be able to do that, to be able to pay both the men's and the women's the same. It's pretty exciting times for football fans right across the nation. Yeah, it certainly is. And I, you know, As a football person, I'm, I'm very proud. I'm proud of... Uh, the PFA and, and FA for for brokering this deal. I think it's um, it's in, it's fitting um, it, it, it's fitting with the times that we're in at the moment. And I'm really really proud of the Matildas. Um, not for not for you know for what they've done on the pitch, of course, but more so for what they've done off the pitch. If you think back a few years, it wasn't that long ago that they they forfeited or boycotted a game against the U.S. women's national team over in America who were number one at the time. Mm. And they did it because they were standing up. They were digging their heels in, standing up for their rights, 
Um, they wanted things like um, fair working conditions, um, maternity leave, um, you know, being able to bring babies into camp, uh, you know, after childbirth when they were returning to, to training and playing. And all those things are so important for, for, for female athletes. Um, so it's not just about football. It's the Matildas have really set the scene for and, and a legacy um, for all um, sports when it comes to women and, and equal equal rights. Um, I think it's fantastic, and I, and I think it's nothing less than they deserve. So, yeah, long may it continue, and I think you'll see other sports follow suit. Obviously, this is coming off uh, of the recent Women's World Cup that we just held here. We saw the Matildas. They've packed out, you know, 70,000-seat stadiums. Do you think, had it not been for this World Cup where the people really flock to show their support for the Matildas, we wouldn't be at this pay agreement deal? Oh, that's that's a hard one to answer because, yeah, that, was, that wasn't the case. But maybe, maybe not. But, you know, the important thing is, um, you know, being a glass half full person, mm. you know, it's, it's happened. And, yep. and there's no doubt that the World Cup was a catalyst for, for, for change um, because it was so successful. <clears throat> and if you look at the games the Matils have just played over in um, the West, over in uh, Perth, you know, to fill out stadiums like that against um, lesser football nations, um, with all due respect to, to the opponents, you know, those full stadiums were off the back of the Matildas um, yeah. and the, the interest that they've driven. So, you know, full credit to them. I've, I've been really, really impressed with Sam Kerr and her leadership. Um, you know, I think she's really matured into a captain and a proper leader. Um, her, her public messages, um, the way she is, the way she put aside her own personal devastation at the World Cup when she was injured for the first few games, I thought was absolutely brilliant. And she's nurturing Mary Fowler and yeah. she's sharing the spotlight, you know, with all the players. But, but there's another superstar in the ranks in Mary Fowler. Um, and I think Sam is handling that very, very well as well. Phil, really appreciate your time here on Sports Breakfast this morning to break down what's set to be an exciting weekend in the A-League. Hope you have a good weekend. Always a pleasure, Ethan. Thanks for having me.